This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. We're going to head off now to our second one here because uh, I don't want uh, things to go too late for everyone. And that is The Road Warrior or Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. In fact, I had a long debate with my son about how the naming of a series should or shouldn't have the name of the character or the first one in front of it. We got into a long debate uh, on this on uh, it, and he made some good points. I made some good points. Uh, I don't think we convinced each other either way, but uh, well, <laughs> well, we have The Road Warrior, which is actually Mad Max 2, which has the bigger budget. It, I'm assuming they, they made it based off of the popularity of the first one, how it grew. This one had a budget estimated $2 million. Dollars, And here we have a completely post-apocalyptic Australia, a wasteland, where we have our cynical drifter, Max, who is, uh, helps out this band of people who actually have a gasoline outpost that are being harassed by a group of bandits led by a guy named, what is it, the Humongous. Lord Humongous. The Lord Humongous, the Ayatollah of rock and roll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they want this gas, obviously, and these people don't want to give it up, and Max ends up uh, getting caught in the middle reluctantly, I will say, because, by God, he needs his gas, too. Uh, I, I'm going to say right off for me, and you guys can can chime in, I was a little disappointed in the beginning that we had to have the narration of why things were. And I felt that was maybe to appeal to a wider audience, but did that disappoint anyone that we actually get an explanation of why things are so apocalyptic now in The Road Warrior? Uh, let's start with you, Glenn. Uh, did, did that kind of disappoint you a bit? or No, I wouldn't say it disappointed me. Uh-huh. Um... Was it necessary, though? You know, not really necessary. No, but not. It 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 wasn't a big enough thing where I'm like, ah, this is fucking ruined. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, no. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I could take it or leave it. It's, it's sure. What What about you, Scott? Uh, I mean, we the fr- first one opened up just saying a few years later, and now here we get a bit of a backstory of why things are the way they are. Was that a good? way to approach the opening or a bad way or uh, I, I get what you're saying I get what you're saying and I'm, and I'm I could almost like get around it except here's the thing is like um okay for one thing you can all it's important I think it is important to give the very quick backstory of you know to understand Max you have to know where he came from mm-hmm. because they say this is how he starts to learn to live again and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. Right. blah, blah. It takes him a long <laughs> freaking time, incidentally, because uh, because yes. by Beyond Thunderdome he's already pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know that's important, and also I think it means it means more because you're also you're not because it's also setting up this entire different world, mm-hmm. and it's a world that the actual apocalyptic events will be directly referenced in the next film. So I see it as a bridging device. 
And sure. I think it's an uh, and uh, while there's a lot of films where I would say no, don't do it. It's not necessary. It's kind of not necessary here, but it is. Uh, but it's an important bridging device when you consider the series as a whole. So I'm right. totally cool with it. But but I had read somewhere that his intentions originally wasn't, and we'll get to Thunderdome of where we get the supposed actual reason for the apocalypse. That that wasn't actually his original intent of what the apocalypse was caused by. The apocalypse mm. was more caused by. Uh, I read an article somewhere where he was quoted in saying that it was caused by economic uh, greed, a downturn, basically society folding in on itself. And, and you know lack of resources, and that's what caused the apocalypse. Not and that's more actual... interest. And that's more interesting. I don't know. I don't mean you can't say it's Hollywood because this is still very much an Australian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not forget that it, over here we call it the Road Warrior. Everywhere else in the world they call it Mad Max, Max Two. Two, yeah. Um, the uh, but but they call it the Road Warrior here because, as I mentioned. Mad Max barely got released. No one knows what the hell Mad Max right. was really. Yeah. You can't really say it's Hollywood because it's very much an Australian film. But you know, I don't know. Maybe there's mm-hmm. somebody who said, "Well, yeah, two million dollars. That's not a lot of money. We can do that." Hey, unless <laughs> hey, but unless you want to be working on six hundred and fifty thousand again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nuclear bombs. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Cole? <laughs> what about you, Cole? The, the reason for, you know, we get a little history now of why the world is the way it is. Yeah. Was, was that needed? Did that take away a little bit away? It's funny, man. I went into this movie, the rewatching of the trilogy, but specifically this movie, with that as a complaint. Uh-huh. And now having watched them all three back to back, actually multiple times, it's essential. Without that, you have no context mm-hmm. for the series, really. I mean, I, I think it's good, and it's pretty damn vague. Yeah. I mean, it, it uses various splices of, of um, archival footage and the narration of an old man who turns out to be the character that is labeled strictly as feral. Feral boy, yeah. Feral boy. <laughs> But I think that's important that Max restores innocence to sure. the point where there is an old man who can, uh, pardon my French, fucking recount history to us. Right. When before Max's influence, this kid was throwing uh, a, a razor-edged boomerang at him. And, and, and grunting, yeah. And grunting. I mean, that may be looking too deep into things, but that's mm-hmm. how I watch movies, you know, so... Yeah. I see that as vital, but I honestly, Mark, like before, you know, I knew I was going to do this podcast before I rewatched the movies, and I thought, man, I'm just going to bash that opening the road warrior. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> because it just seems so unnecessary. But again, having watched them all, mm-hmm. like uh, to me, like it, and this is to me personally, it gives Beyond Thunderdome specifically a bit more heft. It, it does, but but Thunderdome actually ruined for me. I, I will say this one, while I didn't feel it was needed, I, I think it took away just a little bit for me. I didn't mind the opening and the background because we do get to see uh, that some time has passed, at least between the first one and this one, plus yeah. in our Mad Max character, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but uh, for me, 
I at least still like the vagueness of this one, still not giving a definite reason of why things went to shit like they did in Thunderdome. And, and we'll, we'll get to that when we get to Thunderdome of the real reason it says why things are like, and I didn't think they needed to go there. But let's talk about Max now. Max, now this film wasn't made too long after the first one, but is it me or did they age Max really well? Well, it's not real time. I well, mean, no, no, it, I know. It, it's, uh, no, but what I'm saying is the way the films were made, they weren't made that far apart, but the actor, Mel Gibson, looks like he aged like 10 years. They aged him, I think they aged him very specifically. They I mean, they put gray, they put a little bit of gray in his hair and stuff like that. And, he, but he only had one gray stripe. <laughs> but yeah, 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 he was, he was, yeah, he was the, he was the evil gremlin. And, but, uh, the, um, he, but yeah, I think the idea was that you know, it's been is that they wanted to relate to people, especially people who had seen the original, because it was a bigger, like I said, bigger hit in Europe and Australia, and I think Japan was a huge hit too. Yeah. Um, is that um, okay? Yeah, I we know the first one came out two years ago. Uh, one, if you were in America, it right. didn't get released until eighty in America. Sure, the first right. one. Uh, but he's been out there a while. Uh, I've heard that each one takes five years of heart. I I don't know if I I trust that. I would say ten. I was gonna say Max looks a lot older. I would say at he... least I would say it's been around. It looks like it's been around ten years or so at least. And, um, and I love the white stripe they gave him too. Uh, the the one white stripe. Uh, what do you think, Glenn? Uh, do you think they aged him well and? Does that white stripe lead to that whole condition where they say when you face a traumatic experience, you get a white stripe in your hair? I don't know. I just Ash. think <laughs> I, I think they age well. I think I mean it's it's stressful. Yeah. Very very stressful. I mean, think of you know it's you look at, you look at you know regular people who have you know who have well I mean, regular people people have stressful jobs. I mean, look at Obama from when he took office to now. And oh, he looks yeah. like he's aged a lot more than eight years. Well, every president actually. Yeah, every president. everyone except for Reagan because he was fucking older beyond belief. <laughs> and, he um, and he, the only the only president who could stand in a full like hurricane force winds, his hair would be fine, but his neck would be flapping everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I think it's just you know it's it's hard. It's it's been a hard you know however many years it's been very right. hard. It, Cole, what about you? Did you like how they aged him? And, and he it really did it really give that feel of uh, some major time has passed. Yeah, man. Um, I I can only gush about this movie. I mean, I love <laughs> love 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 the Road Warrior, but I'll keep it short for this segment. I mean, his performance, Mel Gibson's performance in this film. Was it definitely so improved? Good and so yeah. key. Apparently, he only has like twelve lines. Or I've never been the type of person to keep count. I, I admire people who have that kind of free time. <laughs> but he was very, very few. And I, I mean that. I wasn't being sarcastic. He right. has very few pieces of dialogue, man. And what he does. There's a moment in here that comes at the beginning of the second act, I believe, or midway through the film, um, right in the middle of the dramatic tension where he's recaptured the, the, the flight guy, the airplane the guy. Yeah, the gyro. 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 
And they take, I would say, what, two, three minutes? It seems like longer. It might be less. Where Max pillages through this guy's pocket yeah. for various things. All of it's junk. I don't think he keeps anything aside from a bullet that malfunctions later. But the point of that scene is that every little thing is valuable. Mm-hmm. And Max gets it, man. Max gets it. And you get that in Gibson's performance when he gives the little uh, uh, chime toy to, uh, I wish this character had a name. I guess I the have to Feral call it. Kid. Apparently. It's uh, called, <laughs> bad saying that. He's called the Feral Kid. It's just, that's, that's what Feral he told kid, us. Yeah. But, uh, I, 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 yeah, I dig Gibson in this film. Um the question was, does he appear older? Hell yes, Mark. Uh, and rightfully so. His whole character uh, feels older. Mm-hmm. Feels like he's just been living in the dregs. And he's right at the point where he's about to forget what being human is. You know? Luckily, he's got this dog and this feral kid. Uh <laughs> You know, uh, and that's meant as a joke. Sounds uh, like a, 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 a movie in itself. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I dig it, man. Yeah, he seems older. I love the film. The Gray Streak is great. I'm reminded of uh, Heather Lane Camp in the first right. night as well. Uh, I love that. And uh, uh, also The Breakfast Club. Yes. Did, did he frost his hair or did Judd Nelson really go through something traumatic as a yeah. kid? Maybe when his stepdad was burning out a cigar. Uh, no, I really dig the gray streak. Yeah, awesome. I, I caught that. And two, our our Mad Max hero is flawed, not only mentally, but physically. He's got, yeah. a, brace. He's got a brace on. I totally forgot until I watched this film that he had the brace on the knee. And there was a great moment, I don't know if you guys caught it, when uh, they get in later in the movie where he's carrying the diesel to get the truck to get the uh, to help get the tanker from away from the uh, uh, gas refinery, where you got the guy who just subtly oils his brace because it squeaks. Yes, catch that. Yes, man. Well, yeah, he because he because because remember his leg. He he got up and started walking around on that leg in the yeah. last movie. You know, when no one should have been walking on that leg, but, you know, it was either that or die, you know? Well, but but just the fact that we have a flawed hero in here, once again, Mel Gibson playing a flawed hero, uh, I liked that because it also, as hard as he was, that was a vulnerability. It's a vulnerability, but also it, it, you can you can look at it from both ways. One, yes, it does point out, you're absolutely right, it does point out the vulnerability of his character. It also shows... Uh, how he's been on the road so much and how he has like muted his emotions so much that he is almost like part of machine at this point as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Well and, and his love of that car too. That that beautiful car. <laughs> Last of the V eight interceptors. V eight interceptors. I definitely say uh that this film I think defined it more for a lot of people wouldn't you say, Glenn, that, this, that as we mentioned earlier, uh, that this film really kind of defined the Mad Max world to everybody more so than the first one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, one, it's in, it's the superior movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I think when this movie came out, most people who saw this movie 
probably, I mean, I don't even think it was called Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior when it came out. It was no. just The Road Warrior. Yeah. Most people yeah. didn't know what the fuck Mad Max was. Sure. And there are people today who are still like, wait, there's a Mad Max? You mean Road Warrior? No. No. <laughs> Mad Max is the original. Road Warrior is the second one. There's another movie? You mean the one with Tina Turner? No. No. <laughs> before that. There was the original one that was made that happened before The Road Warrior. <laughs> I've never seen that. No, you haven't. And most people haven't seen it, which yeah. is sad. But, That's crazy. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Tons yeah, of people haven't true. seen it. I, did, I didn't realize that. Oh, especially, especially with Fury Road out now, look at the comments people make. There's many people who don't quite realize that there's actually a full trilogy before this film. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I, I still don't call it Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, because just because my entire life was, it was The Road Warrior. I mean, it's the same reason that I never call a Star Wars Episode 4. Screw that. No, it's Star yeah. Wars. It's just yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> you know? Again, that, that was part of the debate I had with Honorable Son Number 1. Uh, well, Honorable, son, if Honorable no, son, son Number 1 is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, no, kid, no, but, he, but he listen, refers to, your, to it as... Listen to your dad. Listen to your dad. <laughs> he does refer to it as Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and not just Empire Strikes Back. Well, I'll accurate. give him. He doesn't refer to it as the episode numbers, so I at least raised him that right. Yeah. Uh, you're, doing, you're, so, doing, you're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> so, Matt, let, let's. This is a superior film. I think we all agree that this is a film that falls in almost the Godfather 2 type category where the sequel actually outperforms in almost every way its original. Uh, <laughs> it gives you a deeper world, it gives you a deeper mm -hmm. uh, mythology, just like The Godfather does, too. Right. It, 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 it really. It's. Even though it's still like an action film, and you know, with even less reliance on dialogue, it's it's a more immersive experience. Absolutely, I'm sorry, Glenn. I think you were about to say something, and I stepped on you. Sorry. No. No. <laughs> uh, would you? Okay, say... never mind. I so so yeah. <laughs> I I will say though that I think in a number of ways, even though this has dark moments, this almost felt like a little bit. It had a lot more lighter moments in it as well, especially when we get to the gyro captain. What do you think, Glenn? Do you think there's there's a little bit more humor in this one than the first one? There's there's humor in the first one. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Uh, I mean, I mean, aside from the big guy named Fifi, I don't think there's really any humor sure. for the most part. Okay. I mean, there's some dark, I guess, dark dark humor, right. um, but. Yeah, there's a, there's more. There's still not much, mm -hmm. and it's it's uh, it's just it's just a, I think I think it's the right amount too. It's mm -hmm. just a very small amount to just you know ease a bit of the tension in the film, right? But um, and it's not even so much comedy. It's more just the guy is quirky. <laughs> the guy, the gyro captain, played yeah. by Bruce Spence, who I thought did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe was his character meant to show that even though Mad Max is a badass and he survived this long, he may not exactly still be the sharpest knife in the drawer um, <laughs> compared? Because I mean, the gyro captain gets the jump on him. I mean, full. You know, it, it, he's yeah. lucky. He's lucky the gyro captain wasn't. A, a nastier guy because there'd be no Mad Max. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, would you agree that maybe he was put there to kind of show that Max isn't just, you know, all just as much as he might think he is, you know, himself? Uh, you know, because I, I was trying to um, figure, or you know, because I thought that I don't think the gyro captain was there for comic relief, but he had a purpose of, of being kind of a not quite opposite to Max, but I felt like he was the reminder to Max that hey, you you aren't exactly you know there are there there are people out there still smarter than you. I, um, I, I okay, there's the thing is that I I think his thing is that there is. Uh, in in a world gone mad, where where in a lot of ways, uh, might makes right. This guy's intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a that intelligence still has its place. Intelligence is still useful. You 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 don't have to be the strongest if you're the smartest. Um, I don't I don't think it's so much that to to put Max in his place because Max gets his ass kicked enough in this film already. <laughs> that's true. You're right. You're right. So. <laughs> I, I think it's it's more of a of a you know there's 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 still people out there who you know who aren't just simply um, and and it's it's the fact that you know too it's the the guy because I think because he's smart he just doesn't kill Max straight off right because he realizes Max may serve a purpose for him as well exactly uh, right there's there's also a difference between um, intelligence and cunning oh yeah uh, I mean we've had world leaders that have proven that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like there, it, like knowing you know two plus two is a lot different than knowing how to survive right. and having your instincts sharp. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I don't know. You know, it's so that's such a it's such a good question because I had never even thought about it until you brought this up. That maybe he <laughs> that, that maybe he's been out. And like his his head has been been in the sun too long, I'd never thought about that. It's it's interesting, but I don't know. Maybe it's coming just of upon somebody one of his own ilk. I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, what about you, Cole? Anything uh, the the gyro captain uh, actually kind of smarter than our hero in a lot of ways? Ah. Uh... No, I never. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. he could be. But on the same level, I wonder if the point of the story is that nobody's seen something as horrible as Max. Yeah. I mean, this guy talks about losing family members, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the same character, the, the guy who has kind of like a blonde Mick Jagger, that guy. The guy who flies the plane, who's wearing oh, no pajamas. Yes. Okay. The gyro yeah, captain. I didn't know that he was called that. I'm sorry. I no, it's be- okay. Yeah, that's the gyro captain. No, you're thinking of the guy that's head of the... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, this whole okay, time yeah. I thought you guys, oh, I don't know no. these characters' names. Uh, and I'll tell you why, so I don't sound like an idiot. I don't want any Fury Road spoilers. Sure. So I just watched these movies. I didn't go online and kind of research them. Yeah. So I don't know what the the guy in the airplane was called. They don't give him a name. No, they just uh, call so, him the Gyro Captain. So. A lot of these so guys only he, have like basic names of, yeah. of, of their function, except for gotcha, Papa Gaia. So, okay, now that I know that, what was the question, Mark? I apologize. (laughs) Was he a threat to Mad Max? Well, no, not the threat, but, you know, the purpose of his character there was kind of to show that Mad Max maybe wasn't still the brightest, even though he's been through so much, and here you have a guy who got the jump on him and 
could have pretty much. I mean, he knew Max had the car rigged as well. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, the guy was uh, two steps ahead of Max for most. Yeah, of yeah, man. Uh, I have a difficult time with that character because of the way he was treated in the next installment. Well, it's a different it, character. I, it's a different character. We'll get to the third installment. It is. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, see, yeah, we'll, we'll, that's we'll get to the too. third. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to Thunderdome in a minute. That, that. I will say that apparently I am a stupid fanboy. No, not a lot all. of people no, think no. that. A lot of people think that. We will definitely Can I just say for the record that I have not been online at all since I've watched these films? No, no, it's okay. Wow. Cool. No, it's okay. Literally, it's... I haven't. I'm going into Fury Road Friday with a clean slate. That's no, good. You're waiting until Friday. You're waiting until Friday. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm sorry, guys. I no, probably no, should no. Be no, 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 man. It's you're, okay. on, you're, you're good, man. That, that's going to make a point for Thunderdome when we get to it. But, uh, yeah, you know, I like this guy. And then these two show up to the uh, – you got the gas refinery folks who, in all honesty, I am impressed they survived as long as they did. Aren't you? Because <laughs> this doesn't seem like exactly the uh, most warrior type, though they do have a few fighters in them. Uh, what about you guys? Was it kind of? Did you believe that these guys were able to defend themselves as well as they did when we see their their compound uh, of the gas refinery? Was that believable <laughs> at all? I think eventually it is. Yes, yeah, the fight scenes progress. Uh -huh. They show you how they may have fought them off because the movie opens and pretty much they have a bunch of their fighters scatter, right? right. To find a rig that's big enough to move their gasoline. Right. So the movie kind of sets us up. I mean, when Max shows up at their place, they're short a bunch of people mm -hmm. who are later burned in a brilliant montage. But yeah. um, with uh, Brian May's score, Brian May, who is not the Brian May from Queen, uh, but rather the Brian May who did the Freddy's Dead score, uh, his contribution to the first two movies should not be ignored. That being said, yeah, man. Um, I just had a tough time in the beginning when we are first introduced to seeing, you know, how, you know, maybe, was it maybe because the 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 uh, gang led by Humongous, excuse me, Lord Humongous, didn't want anything to happen to the refinery? Maybe that's why they went about it more. Didn't want, didn't want to damage it. Also, you know, it's not, we see like a, we see like a smattering of people, mm -hmm. you know, but on, in a sense, like, as Cole was saying, there's supposed to be an army. You don't want to send an army after an army. You know that you're going to lose some of your guys. Right. You know? So I, I guess I had a little problem in the beginning until we meet them as the film goes on. But when you first see their compound, you're like, I'm like, why didn't these guys just storm it? They actually have the numbers. Well, look at the look at what, what how they approach them. Look how they approach them. You know, they they do whatever they can, and they show it's like might, and they keep pushing them and keep pushing mm -hmm. them and keep pushing them. And uh, the line, the classic line, the classic monologue that the humongous gives is, uh, okay. <laughs> there has there has been too much violence, too much pain. But I have an honorable compromise. Just walk away. Yeah. Give me your pump, the oil, the gasoline, and the whole compound, and I'll spare your lives. Just walk away, and we'll give you a safe passageway in the wastelands. 
just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Okay, my horrible impression notwithstanding, <laughs> that is, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to make this like into like a big political thing. I know I've made little jokes here and there, but is this not kind of the behavior of a superpower against indigenous people? Yes. Is uh, I made a joke when somebody like quoted this. I said, "Yeah, that also happens to be our foreign policy in the Middle East," you know. And someone's like, someone's like, "Oh, damn!" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> it is kind of like you know that push, 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 push. I don't give a shit about you. I, you know, I'll kill you if I have to. I would rather not have to go through the trouble. I just want all your stuff." Right. You know, I just want all your resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, Honestly, you, dude, says, you are right on, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, he says your pump, the oil, the gasoline, and the whole compound. He wants yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so that's that would explain then why he wouldn't want to destroy it, mm-hmm. storming it, where his, some of his buddies, including uh, the rag mohawk and his 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 little friend on a motorcycle who who seems a little bit more wild than humong- humongous uh which is interesting that 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 humongous has this again it's another toe cutter syndrome to where humongous seems to have a grip on this gang who normally would be going batshit crazy on the compound wouldn't you agree lord humongous is kind of like toe cutter in that sense and that he's got control over these pretty much wild, crazy, evil people. Uh, Where is his armor? <laughs> How if is you, he survived this long with if no you, armor? If, if you're, in, if you're, in, if you're in, the one in charge, the one that everybody takes orders from, the one who where everybody has your back, you can go <laughs> out there you can go out there in a freaking leather thong and be like, ah <laughs> And a Jason mask as well. <laughs> Man, no, he was like he was ready. He he was he was ready to sing. Come on, feel the noise, man. He was. <laughs> he was so so we have our our gas compound, and we have an interesting group of characters in the gas compound as well. Uh, Glenn, what did you think of these the compound folks? I mean, we've got a warrior woman in there who you almost think it's this is where it's not Hollywood because there's no romantic interest here. But no, not at all. Th- um, thank the Lord. Uh, but yeah, what do you I mean, think of this group of people uh, that were in the compound and the you know the warrior woman that shows up? Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I th- I think I think some of the portrayals of some of the people in the compound are great. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, her because yeah, I mean she's she's strong and and yeah, there's not. I mean, she's all for just killing Max and taking <laughs> <laughs> and throwing him out. So. Um, yeah, there's there's not there's not the least bit. I mean, the only actual you know even bit a tinge of romance you get is there's two. One is uh, with the, the young blonde girl and the gyro captain, which is more kind of creepy. Yeah, it is um, really. <laughs> and the other is with um, the Mohawk dude. Uh, but yeah, the okay, dude I'm, and, I'm looking Vernon and, well and, and his and his. Huh? Wes, Wes, yeah, Wes. Wes yes, Vernon Wells. Good old circuitry, man. Because, I mean, Wes loses it when his boyfriend gets killed. Yeah. I know, and that's the whole thing where, you know, Humongous has to, you know, he's like, we go in, we kill, kill! And, you know, <laughs> there's Humongous with the, 
be still my walk of joy. We've all lost people we love. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, so you don't I'm, get the, the traditional, you know, because Hollywood, it's like there's always got to be a love interest, you know, and it's that ruins so many movies. I mean, yeah, it ruined Braveheart for me. Well, hey, and there's, and there's so many and, love, and here's some other French chick you can now fuck out. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and, there, and, there, and there's and there's and there's so many where uh, they they shoehorn in the love story. Yeah. Uh, and there's no, and this is what what gets becomes a problem is that that usually one of the figures of that love story. There's no other reason for them to be there. Right. Absolutely. You hey, know? you know what the Hobbit's missing? The Hobbit is missing a female character. But if we have her there, she's got to be, you know, something for the guys to chase after. So it's got to be in like, uh, yeah. so an yeah, just, <laughs> just shoehorn someone in there because we need that. We need to have that. It's like why? I mean, if because everyone loves an elf chick. No. Shoehorning that stuff in. The thing is, is like with the Road Warrior. Who's going? Who's seeing this movie? Yeah, the primary audience is guides. Oh yeah, and the secondary audience would be women who like these types of movies, and women who like these types of movies don't go because they expect some romantic invo- involvement, you know, where they can pretend to be the warrior woman and her beloved Max. No, that's not why people are seeing these movies, and you don't need to shoehorn that in there. And I think Miller gets that, where it's like, no, it's not necessary, it's not needed. Yeah. All of yeah. which should not be. Glenn's totally awesome, and all, incidentally, I like your impressions way better than I like mine. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, Glenn's totally right, and it's not. It should not be just because this is very much, you know, a thing like that. It should not be noted that the that this film that that there's any kind of anti-woman sentiment or anything like that. Like we say, that one woman does have a decent character, even though she's a supporting character, but. There are good female characters in every single one of the other Mad Max movies right. where their purpose is not just to serve as a love interest. And I hear that's right. continued on Fury Road. Again, I've been avoiding spoilers too, so I haven't well, checked it out. Yeah, we, we'll talk about that next week. Yes, folks, uh, just a quick plug. We will be talking Fury Road next Monday uh, in depth because there's some things that have come up already for those who have seen it uh, that I can't wait to talk about. But uh, Be there. there. <laughs> but I will agree. Uh, I, I wasn't missing it, and I'm glad there wasn't a love interest. Uh, when I first saw The Warrior Woman, I thought, you know, I, I, I when I first saw this film many moons ago, it, it, it had that feel like, oh, great, we're going to go here. But Mad Max, the most he feels, I think, towards her is respect. Wouldn't you say, Cole, towards The Warrior Woman? Yeah, man. He There's a very brief connection there. and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is she? No, but they, everybody on Mad Max's side is killed off very quickly in that end fight sequence. Yes. They, they really are. I'm like, holy shit. I actually enjoy the tonal difference to mm-hmm. Beyond Thunderdome just simply for the fact that more people survive and overall you just feel better about yourself. <laughs> but. They kill everybody except Mad Max and Feral uh, <clears throat> Boy uh, in well, that. And that, that are on the truck. Yeah, everybody on the truck, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the you know, and it it goes to, and this is the also something that would happen with every single ripoff is that. It's basically using a you know spaghetti western motif, you know the mysterious yeah. stranger going to the yeah usually by the end of those uh the Sergio Leone films uh 
man, if Clint Eastwood didn't have many friends in the beginning, he didn't have any at the end. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> well, I don't mean to sound negative, man. I mean, it's it's one of the best chase scenes I've ever seen, certainly. Well, definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, this carries over. The one thing Mad Max films always had a reputation of is for their chase scenes, especially the the car scenes. And Miller really ups it in this film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The way that whole final scene, and we, we can talk about that, the way that final scene, that whole segment, like the last half of the third act is this long truck chase scene, the way that shot is just fantastic. There is so much going on in there. And um, do you notice that he never uses aerial shots unless they're justified? Yeah. That's the, the beautiful it, thing about that end sequence is the only time you get gorgeous aerial shots are from the airplane of that specific character. So even the best shots in this film are completely justified by the natural narrative. It is such a phenomenal action movie. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm gushing. No, you can't gush. Oh, gush, gush. Gush away, man. Gush away. This film is so fucking perfect. Is there a more perfect film than The Road Warrior? As far as action films for action scenes shot, there's very few that you can make an argument for that match this. Wouldn't you say, Glenn, I mean, the action scenes in this film are just uh, through the roof. Yes, and I mean, the whole car chase, I mean, that is the best vehicular chase ever put to film. Mm -hmm. Ever. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Bullet. And that's an incredible car shape. This is. completely different. I mean, this is way beyond that. And yeah, as 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 uh, as you said, uh, just the aerial shots. Yeah, it's all within the narrative of the story. Mm-hmm. It's not the we're going to have these grand sweeping aerial views just because they're pretty. No, yes. It, yes. it fits the story. And just especially some of the shots of the chase when he comes flying in, and the, you've got that zoom in on everything. That's just, it's gorgeous to watch. It's actually gorgeous to watch. It, it is like a dance, but it, he does that throughout this film. When you say, Scott, I mean, even the small chases, I think one of my favorite scenes, and you probably know which one I'm talking about, there's a scene from inside a car. We see a bad guy get into a car and he's driving, and as he's driving, we see Max's truck drives up, but it's all in one sh- shot like you can see the action happening in the background and it it's just done so fluidly uh, even the small shots wouldn't you say were just shot great that the action the small action scenes he just he, you know he had a way like like the first film like i said they had a way of like just putting you right in the action uh, george miller shot this stuff so well the cinematographer dean semler who for some reason <laughs> instead of doing films like fury road right now did, photographed Paul Blart 2 this year. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes when I read that. <laughs> but he also did Dances with Wolves, correct? Yes. He did. This is the guy who did Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Yes, he's a brilliant and cinematographer. And Young Guns, I believe. Yeah, yeah he's a, that's my point. He's a brilliant cinematographer, and he got chewed up by Sandler. But, because uh, he does like a lot of their movies now. But, yeah, Dean Sandler did Dances with Wolves. Thank you for pointing that out, Cole. And he did this, and he's like one of these exquisite cinematographers where, I mean, basically, when I was a kid, my mom, 
I used to be into the Road Warrior, and I was into every single ripoff. And let's face it, <laughs> all of these, all of the the movies that got the post-apocalyptic films that came out, they weren't ripping off the first one; they were ripping off the Road Warrior. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. You know, so this is the one that I mean, the ones established it. This one really took off, and so. Everything took place in the desert. My, I, my, I remember my, I would rent these movies and I'd watch them and my mom would say, oh my god, another brown film. She'd always call them brown films because <laughs> everything looked brown, everything was in the desert. Even films like Space Hunter and Metal Storm in the desert. Um, it took her to Return of the Jedi. She's like, oh my god, they brown filmed this. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, you know, how do you make that look good? They managed to make it look good. It looks right. Amazing! It looks haunting, and it—they put you, especially in those action sequences, like you say, they put you right in the middle of it. You don't get to see yeah. that. The only times you get to see something from a comfortable distance are when Max and the gyro captain are looking from a comfortable distance. Otherwise, no, you're in this with the characters. Yeah, and man. that's what makes these things so well shot, well done. Is that? you're part of this experience with them. Oh, I agree, definitely. Well, even with the uh, opening where we get to see the first batch of uh, refinery folks get annihilated, uh, that one scene, you're brought up close through the binoculars Mm -hmm. of the guys because it's happening in the distance, and we're put pretty much in there with when they're looking at the binoculars and you're seeing everything that's happening the the rape and the 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 shooting of the arrows and everything the brutality of it you you witness it through the binoculars so you're still experiencing it up fairly close and personal yes um, uh now i i want to throw this out here conan came out in 82 now scott uh, tell me the scene where <laughs> mad max gets the just but Jesus beat the shit out of him, and we have Gyro Captain coming to save him and bringing him back to the compound. Did that not feel like the Conan the Barbarian scene of the crucifixion with his buddy Jebedai, uh, uh, Subedai, excuse me, rescuing him and bringing him back to the camp? A little bit. You also have to remember, though, that while this, uh, just like the original, while it came out in the rest of the world in 1981, in the United States, Road Warrior came out in 82. Right. So it was it was actually actually just more. It was no more than I think seven months that separated these two. I think at most, because I think Conan was a Christmas release. I'm not sure. Yeah. Merry Christmas, so. everybody. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, but. It was, but honestly, ha! Huh, I go back to a richer. Um, oh no! You know what? I just ta- I take it back. Actually, in the United States, Road Warrior came out the week after Conan the Barbarian. Oh wow, that had to be a great couple weeks. Nineteen eighty-two was freaking awesome, man. Wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> it's just incredible, amazing. It's like our nineteen thirty-nine. But, it, it, incredible. but, but anyway, but, but sorry, sorry. The 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 scene. Yes, you're talking about. It. Sorry. Um, I go back kind of to a richer tradition mm-hmm. of this type of thing where the hero is beat down and everything, and then they get you know nurse back to health. It's also the thing that puts the heroes or the anti-heroes arrogance into um, question. Yes. Because 
because all these. Well, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to. No, no, no. If I don't, I'm not going to complete the thought. No, go ahead. Um, the, because in these things, he's like always like, I'm on my own. This is me. Screw you, people. I'm out for number one, and or. In the case of like Conan, this is something I have to do myself. And it's like, yeah, if you try to go do this yourself, you're going to get your ass kicked. And <laughs> it's the other people that wind up saving you. And that's like a group effort when he winds up, you know, at the end. Um, it's uh, it, it, I, it, I think it's a richer tradition going back to like spaghetti westerns, old peplums, uh, just even even classic literature, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. about people, you know, who try to go, they they try to do everything themselves, and they wind up, you know, yeah. eh, you know what? Sometimes you need a little help, and I I do see that. I I see the p- parallels, as you say, because both of them are. You sense, oh God, Max is dead, man, <laughs> and you have that wonderful shot where he just kind of comes up and sees, you know, gyro captain over him. And, you know, he's fly, floating over. He, he probably thought he was, like, ascending to heaven. He's like, oh, crap, I'm just going to well, That was a great <laughs> shot, actually, of him flying over the compound. Uh, I love that shot. That's another oh, it's bit of cinematography where you've got a close-up of Gibson's head as he's flying over the gang and then over the compound. And that's real. That's not CGI green screen, folks. It's all freaking hanging his head out the out of something while they're <laughs> shooting Mel Gibson. Uh, Glenn, w- would you agree that that scene where, where he gets the snot beat out of him and brought back, that's kind of our hero's wake-up call? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, he's he definitely has... I mean, he's pretty cocky yeah. up to that point. And yeah, when he does this whole, you know, goes away and then gets his ass kicked, yeah, that's a bit of a wake-up call that... Uh, well, one, it's it's not just that he has asking that it reduces his cockiness. It's the fact that, you know, these people. I mean, the, the general captain had no reason to bring him back. Right. I mean, what what was in it for him? Mm-hmm. You know, this is the guy. Yeah, yeah, he did this thing for them, but they had a deal. They made a deal. Both sides lived up to their side of the deal. We owe we owe Max nothing. Right. Why bring him back? Why nurse him back to health? There's nothing in it for us. He, you know, and if anything, it's the well, fuck him. He left us. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's he's. We could use a good man like you. Well, I'm leaving. I got my gas. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. So yeah, I think it is a bit, a bit of a wake up for him in that. It's one. It took him down a peg. Two, it showed him. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you aren't gonna make it alone in this world. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it, in, in the entire trilogy, I think that's like one of the major points in the trilogy. And I think it's almost a little over halfway through the film, too, which is kind of odd, uh, of his turning his character back around. Wouldn't you say, Cole, that after he, him getting his snot beat out of him from leaving the compound and eh, you guys are on your own, uh, that's kind of the major turning point for his character, not only through this film, but in, into the next one? Yeah, man. Very quickly, too. I mean... Yeah. They run his ass over fast. <laughs> I mean, it's immediate. <laughs> There's no chase. They, yeah. uh, they push a lever, they're up next to him, and um, his life is forever different. 
Uh, and they ruined they ruined the car. Oh. Yeah, they ruined the car. They kill his dog. Oh, um, yeah, you know how I feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Those those bastards. Yeah. Yeah, doggy. <laughs> I yeah, man. Yeah, uh, it's pretty brutal. Uh, what they what they corner him at, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then and then. Uh, as we mentioned before, it's it's such a phenomenal chase and everything, and people die, and and we lose a bunch of good guys, and we yeah. get and we get the twist at the end, which yeah. I will say just blows your mind when you first watch this film. I think that twist at the end, and this is a spoiler room, folks. We're gonna spoil it, where yeah. the tanker falls over. Mad Max is still beat. <laughs> he take, he's like he's like the early John McClane in the amount of abuse this man takes. Uh, and what do we find, uh, Scott? What do we find was in the tanker the whole time? Sand. Sand. That's right. Our best warriors and everything died for sand. Uh, how'd you feel about that twist? <laughs> I think it was like a bait and switch because they had they actually had gas, right? But yeah, it was well, on, yeah. They but it was it. but it was on the but it was but they moved it. Well, they moved so it in the could, bus, like, and they moved the, it in the bus, and they moved it in all the civilian. So they could move. Vehicles. So they could move it safely, and he was basically the distraction, you know. Right. Which was kind of a dick move, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, like not like you didn't have it going in. It's like um, I was cool. I mean, I thought it was like I was just. I remember seeing that, and it took. I'm not kidding. When I saw this as a kid, I didn't quite get it. Sure. Uh, and then, as you got older, you're like, "Damn!" <laughs> well, and I, I like his look on his face because he doesn't look like those. He, he I mean, I don't. You, you, there's always a question of whether he knew or not. That's what I was going to ask. Do you guys feel did Max know or not that it was it was full of sand? I don't think he took it personally if he didn't know. I don't know, right. honestly. I don't, but I don't think because there's that look on his face that just kind of looked like, of course. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, yes, <laughs> it's definitely set up as though he didn't know. I mean, if Mad Max, if he's gonna, you know, bow down and get down on his knees and hold out his hand. And you know, examine the sand particles as he does. Obviously, surprised. Yeah, so, I know. think I don't think he took it too personally, though. Honestly, no, of course not. That's what's so brilliant about that fucking ending. It's, it's think, almost like it's almost like the ending to seven in a way. It's inevitability. Like that's the, the most genius plan they could have come up with, right? Sure. It's the also, it, yeah, it, 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 it's 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 almost like the woman there, you know, where they do have that kinship, like you guys mentioned, is like, where it's kind of like that, you know, what if it was me, that's what I would have done, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Sorry, Cole, go ahead. No, bro. No, uh, so Glenn, what'd you think of uh, that twist at the end? Did he know or not know, or? Oh no, he didn't know. Yeah. Um... I I don't I don't I don't think he knew at all, and uh, I mean you can tell by the by the look you know that look, that kind of fuck look on his face. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have been as fragile with this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, um, no, he didn't know, and 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 it was I mean it it was a brilliant ploy, 
Yeah. On on the people's part. I mean, that's that was the big thing. It, again, it shows that um, intelligence, you know, cunning wins out over yeah. over, over over force. Yeah, and, and you find even the gyro captain isn't even that upset over it. He kind of smiles too, like, "Yeah, they got us." Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, it also works too because it wasn't just Max on that rig. It wasn't right. just send out, send out the new guy and the gyro guy and let them deal with it. They sacrificed their own people. Yo, know, the leader sacrificed himself. Yeah, had... knowing knowing that they they most likely weren't going to live. Yeah. Yeah, and and he and his his hot rod racer uh, knew that 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 was a suicide mission basically, but he knew that he was letting the rest of the people get away. Which, yeah, it is one of those kind of brilliant moves by the people of the refinery, and and shows you, yep, no matter how good you are, you just can't trust those bastards. Can you? <laughs> no, no matter how good they are, because things are harsh in the wasteland, right, Glenn? <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah I, I think out of out of these films for me anyway uh, the Road Warrior is probably the the superior film uh, even though it's a middle film it doesn't feel like a middle film a lot of improvements over the first one and and this is the one that everybody equates with Mad Max from mm-hmm. the crazy armor to the odd souped up vehicles uh, this one really set the tone not only for the rest of the series. But as I think Scott mentioned and, and Cole too and, and Glenn, the ripoffs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so many, so many ripoffs, and I loved them all. Uh, oh, they're okay. great, but I mean, yeah, you know, and Mad Max even ripped off some a few things off of other previous films, but a lot of films duplicated Mad Max look uh, from the leather to the crazy guys to the vehicle. It's- it started its own subgenre. I mean yeah. that. I mean that 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 shows influence right there. There's only a, really a handful of movies every decade where you can say, yeah, they made this movie and they set, actually established an entire new set of movies that were based mm-hmm. on. You know, Conan did it. This movie did it. Uh, Blade. Well, no, not really Blade Runner because that didn't become a hit till later. But I'd say like maybe like the the Warriors did it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, only like a handful. Uh, that have done that. I do want to mention really quick, by the way, that um, I was looking because I was looking through here to see like some stuff. I think I was looking at something else that you guys were talking about, and it does say that uh, for you, Mark, that the opening narration was not in the Australian release of the film. Oh, it wasn't. Which okay. is, of course, where this film was based. Right. So. Okay, so it, it was added for the global audience. I still uh, like it, and I, st- yeah. I still I still go by uh, I still agree with Cole on it, but so. uh, but uh, I guess I guess Max was a homegrown hero. They didn't really feel like they needed it in the uh, in the native version. So uh, just to sum up, with uh, do do we all agree that Road Warrior was the 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 best out of the series so far? Because we haven't seen. Oh three yeah, Road, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I, I think we're all agree with this. Really, is just not just a great one in the series, but a great action film in general. Yeah, uh, man. It, yeah. It, it it doesn't have your, it does have a few, but not nearly the, the the tropes that you would expect from a film like this because there were so many knockoffs that actually had those tropes in there. Uh, this one definitely it stands out, and if you are a fan of action films at all. Not just you know, forget Mel Gibson outside of of 
whatever his personal crap is, see this film, I think, at least, just if you're an action film fan, if you haven't, and, and arm yourself with knowledge before you go see Mad Max Fury Road. Just see this one, if nothing else, at least, to give you yeah. the true feel of Mad Max in general and what they're probably going for in the latest film. This concludes part two of our three-part special coverage of the original Mad Max trilogy. If you haven't yet, check out part one where we talk about Mad Max, and then check out part three where we continue our discussion with coverage of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome.